Hi, you're listening to Runelanders, available at runewise.games or wherever podcasts are distributed. I'm DM Runewise, otherwise known as Adam. I'll be your host and friendly neighborhood dungeon master. If you've never heard us before, welcome aboard. If you're, if you're following, welcome back. This is Rapscallions. Last week, we witnessed Calder's verification of Arabet and Company's bona fides when he visited the Winter Warlock, had a long and chilly tea, and left owing that particular warlock a favor. Meanwhile, Magma Trains gets strong, has a weird encounter in the Thousand Steps. We witness her early life as a military school candidate in Paradua, and then as a student at the Grand Lutus in Caraval. We see her triumphant return to the ring in a pretty one-sided fight against a nameless ogre who the crowd loves, but who Magma dispatches without much difficulty at all. Right after the fight, Arabet's involvement in Nari's new criminal enterprise has earned them all the attention of the local hobgoblin crime boss, the infamous Thrasher. He summons our felonious fellowship to a meeting and tasks them with solving his rat problem down on the insurance and spillage dogs. That's the recap. I'm Runewise. This is Rapscallions. And if you're ready, let's roll. Episode 4 The Rapscallions and the Rats. I smell a rat. Oh, I think I smell a rat. As we rejoin our hooligan heroes, it is the evening after Magma's fight and shortly after their discussion with Thrasher. They're leaving Gennett's palace. We focus on Ziva and Arabella. What just happened? I just was given a job to do. Okay, but like, who was that guy? He's the boss of the neighborhood. So do you guys like work for him or some job? No, we respect him. Okay. We'll be operating in his territory, it would seem. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good to know. So... Do you want me to come with you? And like, I guess I'm supposed to now. She sort of spent the whole time like just trying to be very small and quiet in the back. Although it's very hard for her to sort of uh, be a wallflower given how noticeable she is. Oh, and Nari is no use there at all either. He's like all, like his hat alone is just huge. Yeah, they're, they're very flamboyant people, so, you know. It's a, so you're it's saying like a, they both stick out like a raver, like a Candy Crush raver at well, a goth club? Well, I, more like, I mean, Ziva is the goth club. She's like, think, uh, seen kids slash old school goth, giant hair, you know, way too much makeup. So much makeup. 
Very good boots, though. Really good boots. But giant hair. Uh, but she's like, yeah, do you want me to, like, help you guys? Well, <laughs> depending on what he means by rat problem, right? Like, he might have a leak in his organization. Uh, that was a little vague. That... It was very vague. It's the insurance talk, so it's there's a lot of smuggling and insurance fraud and things that go on openly down there. But it's understood, as long as the local authorities are paid, then there's no problem, right? It's just the cost of business. If there's a problem down there, what's going on? Rat problem? Who? Who are they ratting to? Is it actually a rat infestation? Bring in more cats. Weird. It was like a weird thing to say, but I mean, I'm not really a very good judge of what is and isn't weird. <laughs> so I just sort of like, I can, I can do like some magic stuff if you need. Fantastic. Good. She does not have brain damage. That's fantastic. Uh, Elliot, what do you know of this rat problem? Anything at all? <laughs> I haven't been down on the dock in a couple of days, so I know. A rat problem sounds delicious. Do you want to, like, go, like, find out what's going on first? Do you want somebody to, like, I don't know, Yeah. Around? So what I'm thinking is take a gander down at the docks and we interview a few people. I got one step better than that, but... It, He's got uh, that gobo that works for him. Why don't we have a talk with him first? You think the same way I do. That's what I was thinking, too. All right. So you stop by and see the goblin? That's right. All right. You go rolling up on him while he's ticking off lists and looking at shelves. In the pantry, behind a bookshelf, in this box seat. When you say, let's talk to the goblin, the door swings open, and there he is, ticking off boxes on a list while checking the shelves. And uh, how can I help you? I actually speak in goblin, because I speak goblin. And I say... As do I. Oh, then you, you go. So, hey, I'm sorry to bother you with this, but he was pretty specific about me getting this solved by morning. Well, he said get a start on it in the morning. You're not going to get anywhere tonight. Uh, the other day... Uh, a young goblin girl showed up badly beaten and abused and, and badly hurt on Thrasher's turf down in the insurance dock. Um, when asked what happened to her, all she said was, we got rats. So I think she's down in the third ward hospice, but I don't know if she made it or not. In either case, well, like, I mean, if she, if she made it, you could go ask her what she meant, but... If she didn't, I think you kind of out of luck. Sorry. You can go check anyway. Anything else? Thank you. You've been a great help, and I hand him a goal. Yeah, no, don't worry about it. Sorry you went up and down, but you should have thought. I should have thought. You're quite right. I stand All right. corrected. All right, don't worry about it. I got, no, I got no bad blood, and I'm sure the boss will get over it. Just don't fuck it up. No, I'm planning to. Ziva, um, we might have a job for you. Uh, okay. It involves a young girl. She was, um, uh, hurt last night. She might not have made it. Oh, so you need to, like, go to the hospital or the morgue? We'll go to the hospital first, then we'll check their morgue. Okay. Stitchy, are you coming? Uh, 
always, uh, of course. All right. So how are you getting there? Gonna hire a cab? You've got a like I know Ziva's got wheels, but uh, not everybody can fit in there. A cab will be have to be down called, yeah. All right. So do you want a, a traditional one or one of the newfangled steam driven jobs? Oh, just a traditional cab. All right. You call up a cab, crawl in, and there's like this guy with the worst teeth you've seen this week, and uh, you know a high collar that's you know hasn't been laundered in a couple of weeks, but you know it's a cab. So you get in, the thing smells vaguely of vomit and booze and everything that happens in the back of a cab. And he goes, where to? Third word, hospice. And off you go to the hospice. You get there, and it is this long, grim-looking building with, you know, lights in every window and all that. They try to cheer it up as much as possible. But it used to be a barracks before it got unsuitable for that purpose. And it was left for a long time. And then, like, a couple of enterprising healers started. They made a bunch of money at it. And now it's uh, the sort of place that you go if you have money to spend on healthcare. Certainly, nobody that you know would ever come here, Mr. Stitch. Uh, it's way too far out of everybody's price range in your neighborhood. So, I, am I getting this straight that a goblin went here? There's a goblin hospitalized here, yes not a normal sort of thing is it well let's just say you don't see you don't notice heaps and heaps of them as you're going in to see her she's alive she's in bad shape and like you know anybody who asks can go visit her because it's not like that right it's it's want to go see the same oh, goblin? okay she's in room eight check it out Zeta has like little dollar signs floating around her mind Oh, yeah. There's a lot of business going to come out of here in the next couple of weeks. See what you can just smell it. She's smell it. dropping business cards all over the... <laughs> what was that? Estate planning... Estate and funeral planning services. <laughs> the, the, you know, Hulu and Hulu. Estate and funeral planning services on all the <laughs> really terminal <laughs> cases tables. Yeah, I see. That's great. Yeah. Um, Perfect Yeah, well, why not, right? So, yeah, that that's hilarious. I love that image. So, there, there, there you go, dropping all these business cards off all over the place. Uh, Stitch, you, the place smells disturbingly antiseptic. Now, that's particularly good for certain things and not particularly good for others. It's really good for your chemistry experiments and not as especially good as you think for healing. Really clean is great for certain times, but after that, you need dirty to make you healthy, right? So the place kind of lingers in your nose. It is, is always smells like antiseptic death in these places. Um, but one thing that does stick out is the ripe old odor of goblin underneath the porky scent of all these humans. You this way. Yeah, you find her no problem. She's been beaten pretty badly, and from what it sounds and smells and feels like to you, her song is coming to an end. Ziva, you walk into the room, and there's a reaper waiting. Oh, this lady doesn't have very long. And Harry, um, it is my guess, Betty, that she's here because she means something to somebody, and she is about to die. Is she awake? Not at present. 
I'll just kind of go up, get close. Okay. She's not breathing very deeply at all. And as you get close, there's that floral scent that you can smell. And, uh, you know, it's that intoxicating aroma of the last breath, right? The last breath stolen by sorcery. You get closer to her like that. Your, your buzz of just a little, like a few minutes ago, it comes back on you. And you're like, oh, geez, I can use a little. No, no, that's cool. We're good. I, I probably shouldn't. Oh, shit. <laughs> probably shouldn't right now. No, but, no. Um, be respectful. Yeah, be respectful. But she's in bad shape. She uh, she got beaten in pretty well. But um, as you get closer, this isn't. Uh, she's not. Something is off. And as you look, both of you, between you, Stitch and Ziva, can I have a medicine check from you, Stitch, and an arcana check from you, Ziva? The uh, deer. Would you mind rolling a twenty-sided dice? Why, certainly. What do I add to it, my love? You may add seven. You rolled an 18. Well, that's good. Uh, 15 for me. Okay. The thing is, Stitch, these wounds should be fatal. They should go right through major arteries and sever important tendons to keep you from, to keep you standing upright. And evidently, if what the chart says is correct, she walked out to be rescued by the rest of the goblins. She should be dead, but she is not. In fact, she seems to be mending death is hard upon her, but something is keeping her alive, even if it's only barely. What'd you get, Z? What'd you get, Z? 15. 15. There is definitely a strong smell of a curse here. Yeah, it's that acrid sort of tingle that hits you right in the back of your nose by your throat. Creeps around and you can taste it with the with your inner ears, you know? I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody who doesn't do magic, but you know what I mean, Ziva. So, <laughs> there's that whole acrid sensation of the, that, that tingle. There's a curse at work here. She's not dying because she's something's happening to her. And it's worse than death. That's why death won't touch her. Uh, you guys, this is like not good like super not good this is a curse death curses are like bad shit that's like not like average wizard kind of thing you would learn in school i lean over her you know my full height being well over six and a half feet tall and i get i i know there's a lot of other sense in here but i give a group good sniff just with my mouth open like the way cats sometimes yeah ah rats fat delicious giant rats like the ones your mom would let you hunt for snacks when you were a cub that kind but different there's a there's a, a tang around them like a oh fucking crush weed who's been giving rats crush weed I, I begin to say that out loud just so it's uh, apparent to everybody that I'm not, I, I kind of forget that I, I'm actually talking to myself as I do. Right. I, uh, I kind of figured that's why I did it that way. That way to save your Right. So like, who's been giving rats crush weed says, says stitch out loud. Stitch out What's that? Crush weed's latest stoner thing. So yeah, that's bad. You shouldn't give like drugs to animals. 
Oh, I don't think they're animals. I think they're monsters. Really? Tommy, is she cursed? Yeah. Like, some kind of horrible, like, death curse. If I had a lot of time, I could maybe, like, reverse engineer it. But I don't know if that would help me get rid of it. Usually the best way to get rid of a curse is, like, either get the person who put the curse on them to drop it. And most of the time, if you, like, kill the person who put the curse on them, it also drops, but sometimes it doesn't. So that can be iffy. Just give me a minute. Let me study the curse a little more. With that, the girl sits up from her bed and grabs Ziva's wrist. What's your armor class, Ziva? Uh, 12. Okay, she grabs you by the wrist and sinks her goblin teeth into your hand. It's just a nip, but it draws blood. Pull it back quickly. She kind of does this convulsive thing before lapsing back into her shallow breathing coma. Holy crap! Ow! Kind of shuffles over to Ziva to take a look at the to take a look at the bite. Kind of says you might want to let that bleed for a little bit. Uh, She looks around for something to kind of to staunch the wound. I'm just gonna go get a nurse. Don't forget the bloody nurse that costs money. Come here, girl. Ugh, fine. I look it over, see if it's festering, see if it smells like what I think it might smell. Like. Um, no, it's it, it, it's just a scrape, thankfully. It's a, but, but like a, but a, like a long scrape, and 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 now that you noted, it's the goblins don't have incisors, right? Like you know how our front teeth are flat. Goblins just have a mouthful of shark teeth. Right, the the gob do anyway, like this one. Not hobgoblins, of course. They are they take better care of their their dentistry, but uh, still, goblins are known for their teeth. This one, something is off here. This seems to be a, if it's monsters, like pretty esoteric. I gotta tell you, ain't a lot of monster experience here, unless of course you are a monster, like some of us might claim. Um, I mean, no judgment, but. You determine what that means anyway. Um, yeah, might be a good idea to consult an esoterician on this. If Nari has no, like, Nari curses are your thing too, right? Do we still have a Nari in the house? Yeah, hexes and curses and all that other sort of thing are all part of being a warlock, don't forget. Hey, I'm just looking at my spells, but most of most of what I've got here is uh, cantrips right now. Um... All right, well, we'll have to fix that for next session. But, uh, yeah, no, mo- mo- like, uh, so just to, just to remind you, uh, in case you're feeling left out, uh, that warlocks do specialize in curses. Sorry if that was centering you or anything like that. I just hadn't heard from you in a while, and I wanted to make sure you were still with us. Um, Sorry, yeah, no, I'm listening in. It's just, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just uh, sort of looking and checking in and worried like it's not like an injury or anything, right? Just like a little no, like, drop just, of blood. Sort of. Just a scratch. But the thing is that they, you notice that the teeth don't really match with what you'd expect a goblin dental profile to be like, right? And it's weird. You look at her and yeah, she does have some broader, flatter teeth in the front of her head. But, you know, it could be a birth defect, you could say, right? But she's kind of laying there just frothing a bit at the corner of her mouth. 
And just then this uh, halfling nurse comes in wearing, um, you know, wearing her uniform. It's, oh, please get out. It's time for her medicine. Well, I'm not going to give the goblin a bit one of my business cards. Right. <laughs> and I'm going to you know, get out with the, uh, with the crowd and see what happens sort of as much as. All right. The nurse goes in and, like, you know, sets up a few things, and you can hear, like, bedpans rattling and all this other sort of thing. And she's in there for, oh, five or ten minutes, and comes out pushing a cart with the, uh, you know, like a bunch of bed linens and everything like that. And, you know, the cart's open. She's just got, like, a couple of full bedpans and stuff like that, and a pile of bunched-up linens on top of it. And she just pushes the cart out, and she goes, okay, well, there you go. If you stick around, or if you leave when the nurse pulls in, we can do something else. We st- I stick around for a second. All right. The nurse leaves, and, uh, you know, she just did a linen change and, you know, cleaned her up a bit and took away the lunch dishes, and like you'd expect a nurse to do. I'll give the nurse uh, the business, uh, my business card that I was going to give the goblin until she bit my sister. Right. She's like, well, thank you. I don't think I'll need that for quite a while, but thanks all the same. Magma sort of, you know, has been leaning basically up against a wall, for the lack of a better term, with her, uh, you know, with her arms across her chest and kind of looks at Stitch in Arabet and says, I do think we have uh, an acquaintance between all of us that... uh, we may need to seek out for perhaps a little further assistance, especially if we're going up against what I suspect we might be going up against. I, it's probably a good idea. And he's, Stitch is still Stitch. eyeing that goblin on the um, on the bed, just eyeing her up and down, looking at her face, seeing if it's changed ever so slightly, trying to remember exactly what goblins look like and if there's any sort of change um, she's actually sleeping rather peacefully and gently and breathing more deeply um, there's a uh, I mean you're looking around uh, check with like, what's your perception your passive perception I believe it's 14 she has a silver chain in her neck now that you look carefully it's like just a fine silver chain with a little amulet on it um, and the girl the girl seems to be sleeping peacefully and comfortably her wounds are still grave, right? Uh, you're not sure how she's sleeping comfortably, but uh, you're not sure if you remember seeing that chain on there before. Can I get an insight check? Oh, dear. From both of us, or? Yeah, from both of you. What's your plus, my dear? Plus four. I got 11. Oh, net 20 for 24. Perfect. No, that chain wasn't there before. It wasn't there before. Who who came in and put it? Was it the halfling? What the hell? The halfling probably, it seems. Well, the, I mean, that would be the easy assumption, right? Betty, that halfling knows something. Could you uh, maybe talk to... I don't want to talk to halflings. They're really short. I got it. I walk after the halfling. Well, you go to the nurse's station anyway, because she's been gone for a few sat for a few minutes now. You get there in the... Nurses, there's a nurse on, and she appears to, like, she looks like she's got some orcish heritage. I'm sorry, ma'am. The halfling nurse? We don't employ halfling nurses here. Thank you. You're welcome. And she goes right back to scribbling away on whatever she's writing. I don't see the halfling anywhere, eh? Nope. 
I go back to the room and take a look at this medallion. Well, as you're walking away, like just when it's you're almost out of earshot, except for the fact that you're Arabats, um, she snickers and uh, says under her breath, "Hey, Martha, <laughs> halfling nurse, get that." <laughs> I've been. Um, I'm gonna like sit and study the curse. It's a funny thing. The curse seems to have backed off a great deal. Huh. And I'm assuming it's coming from this necklace. The necklace itself is just silver. Hmm. It doesn't seem to be radiating any magic. There's nothing special about it. It just looks like a silver steel chain. Do I appear to be cursed now? Nope. Weird. You guys, this is super weird. Hmm. If only you knew an esoterician. Somebody who specialized in weird and curious things. Okay, well, let's go, like, talk to your friend then. All right, so by the time you pull up to Calder's shop, it's well past business hours, late at night. However, the there is a light on in the front room, and a kobold is waiting by the door with, well, an umbrella stand. By the time you get there, it's been raining for a little while. Calder's front room is crammed with all kinds of curiosities. There is uh, conspicuously a large open space in the front room, as though something which has been there on display had been removed. Um, but since none of you bothered to, me- bothered to memorize his inventory, last time you were through here, uh, it's just the same bunch of tchotchkes and curios and neat, but ultimately mundane goods. In his store. Oh, so many pretty things to look at. Look, oh, look at that one. It's up on the shelf. Can I have it? No, Stitch. And I do believe that you should be behaving yourself. I want to hear your lovely little murder mittens clapping so that I can make sure A, I know where you are, and B, you're not touching things you're not supposed to. Mittens. I like I'm that. looking for anything in the shop made of like silver, like. Silverware, silver daggers, especially, or like any anything silver, because like we're looking at lycanthropy, apparently. So anything in this shop that, and I'm looking at my sister too, because she just got bit. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm sticking close to you. Magma, on the other hand, kind of looks at everyone else who's going in all sorts of different directions. And kind of sighs slightly and moves to the same area that they uh, that they were in basically last time, and knocks on the door, uh, or like one of the uh, one of the, like one of the door frames, just to sort of alert, you know, the person whose dwelling this belongs to, and basically says, "You have guests, my friend." So Calder will uh, pop up from the back. Oh, hello! It's lovely to see you. Come, come. Let's. Uh... Let's have a chat, and I'll lead you guys back downstairs to uh, my workroom. Were you, uh, were you at the fight, my dear? I did not happen to see you. Of course, I did have... My field of view was completely occupied by something tall, dumb, and fat. Uh, uh, no, I, I fear that's not quite the sort of establishment I would frequent. Uh, however, I, uh, I did place a, a small wager, uh, made up quite handsomely. Actually, uh, one moment, and I, I reach around and I small pouch. Say, this is for you, Magma. Well done. 
and it is 250 she... gold. Oh, Jesus, she raises another eyebrow. Because, uh, well, uh... Um, we may have some more work for you, if you might be interested. It might be something that fits under the realm of your curio. And she kind of waves her hands in the air like she's kind of doing magic, but has no idea how to... Oh, uh, well, how can I help? She uh, looks over at Arabet and then reaches over and kind of pokes him in the shoulder and says... This is where you might be able to be popping in with your information. Well, it seems that uh, one of Thrasher's girls was attacked last night uh, down on the docks. Well, that hardly seems to be a concern of ours. Thrasher is interested in the fact that uh, we've been meeting, so he's made it my concern. And uh, interestingly enough, the girl seems to be cursed. Oh. This is getting interesting. What sort of curse? Ziva? It's like a death curse. Calder is uh, less than you. Oh, really? Like, it was like, she was like, barely alive. And then she also like, had weird teeth. And she bit me. She bit you? Rats, my friend. Rats. Calder pauses for a moment and thinks about what phase of the moon it currently is. What happened in the past? It's a half moon. And how are you feeling since you've been bitten? Totally fine. And I checked. I don't seem to be cursed anymore. Hmm. Uh, where is this uh, unfortunate girl now? The third ward hospice. Oh. Yeah. It was like major money bags in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we know that this, uh, this young girl has uh, been cursed, a death curse, and that she bit you. Uh, what else do we know? There was a silver necklace put on her by some mysterious woman who came in a halfling. It All was right. silver, and it seemed to abate the curse. Oh, interesting. I'm going to make an arcana check. Okay. Uh, 23. Okay, that does it. Um, yeah, you. it seems pretty... Evident to everything that everybody has been hinting at so far, um, yeah, it's it's uh, that sounds like something you'd do to somebody who's infected with lycanthropy before they were uh, before they turn. Silver can slow and prevent the change. That's known to anybody who knows anything about any esoterica, um, any general esoterica. I mean, obviously. Ziva might be a little specialized and could have overlooked it, but I mean, it's, it's plain as the moon to you. Fair enough. The first thing I'll do is I'll cast about my workshop and find the first thing that's silver and just hand it to Ziva. <laughs> okay, you grab a, uh, well, it's a, it's a ladle from a soup tureen 
but it's it's the plus more, one the soup tureen plus one the more convenient of the two <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, yes it's a soup tureen plus one it's self-heating and it's from the uh third dynasty of uh, princess ashtar so i mean it, it's quite valuable but it is solid silver she would only eat from solid silver vessels and this is authentic never mind the tarnish but uh, you hand it to ziva and she takes it in the palm of her hand and it's an ex she calder hands you an exquisite silver ladle okay this is like pretty does it react to her at all? Does she nope. just like this? Nothing happens. Yeah, it blackens a bit. Ah, she's mm. a witch. But yes, no, <laughs> she's it, a witch. <laughs> it, it blackens. A bit. Oh, sorry. That kind of happens sometimes. Yeah, like and and like you know now now that she now that you notice that there are a few candles that are burning bluish around her and that sort of thing. She's showing all kinds of classic signs of being a, a witch. You know. But uh, certainly not any sort of werewolf. Interesting. Well, I believe what we have here is a case of lycanthropy. I'm not entirely sure what kind, uh, since all we have is uh, strange teeth. It could be literally any kind. Well, she um, came to the hospital screaming about rats. Oh, quite nasty. What is... Curious, though, is this matter of the necklace. I am quite intrigued by it. I haven't heard of something that worked quite that way, but also who is this mysterious person that would bestow such a gift on, I assume, a stranger? Probably not a stranger, then. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, come with me. Well, uh, so do you back. think I'm, like, like, canthropized? Uh... I tilt my head and I look at her. Does she appear to be lycanthropized? She does not appear to be lycanthropized. <laughs> However, um, you note the delicate points of her ears and surmise that were she lycanthropized, she would be quite ill right now, as lycanthropy does not react well with fey blood. Oh. It is quite a Had I noticed the ears before? You hadn't noticed the ears oh. She's she passes. Mm -hmm. I think and she that, has really that, big hair. Yeah. I don't believe so. You would be doing quite poorly right now. But we should keep an eye on you. Um, um, okay. Let us go upstairs. I think we need to collect a few things, a few odds and sods, and uh, let us go see this young patient. I'll take them upstairs and an apparently random assortment of things that will come in terribly handy. And off we off we go, yeah? Off you go. So you uh you you pack an anti lycanthropy bag because you've got that sort of thing laying around and uh together with some helpful suggestions, if you don't mind my taking the liberties, Mr. Stitch. Um from your broad variety of lore, once the subject of rats is brought up and legitimized, of course, you have all kinds of little bits and bobs now that you put your mind to it. Oh, yeah, I've been carrying this shit for like three months now. I, I had no idea what it was for, but if you say like I'm through pay, then I know that. Right, so I mean a little, a little, a little silver, just, yeah, if, any, if people would have just, you know, talked medical to you, no problem. 
But uh, yeah, this is a it's silver nitrate. So I would probably sort that out. Um, that sort of thing. Yeah, the silver on that before it catches. That really fights the infection before the curse can take root. And it's just a simple matter of having somebody with the skill at arcanistry to unweave the curse from the pattern of the victim. However, it's a bit of a double-edged thing because the curse protects the victim from all harm, as, he, as everyone knows. You know, The curse of lycanthropy makes its bearers both nigh-invincible and horribly tortured for the rest of their whole existence. Or, the poor wretches. Um, it gives, but it takes far more away. So, based on that young girl's state and your expert medical opinion, the curse is the thing that's keeping her alive at this point. It would be my, uh, um, I wouldn't say professional, but, uh, you know, you know me very well, my professional. So I'll say professional. I like that word. My professional opinion would be that don't, touch her at this current point in time. I have an idea. Uh, it is my idea that something might come for her. Obviously, someone knows that she has been infected in some sort of way and has put this silver thing around her neck to stave off the curse ever so slightly. But it has always been my opinion that if someone makes a baby, they want that baby back. That certainly does stand to reason. Yeah, you're right. I guess they would, like, come back for them, wouldn't they? The only other thing that I might think of is that the fact that they have this, basically this ticking time bomb in a place where there is literally no defenses. How fast can a goblin move and then a lycanthropized goblin after that i'm sure the infection would spread very quickly oh they're horribly fast little buggers like it's just disgustingly fast sometimes okay so do you think we should like camp out in her room or something all the lore says that uh it takes a cycle of the moon at least to settle in um if somebody's bitten on the eve of the like after like as the moon is waning, they have until it is completely full again before the curse takes over. However, the moon is full and fat and waxing on. So you've got about two weeks before it's full again. Not a terrible rush. However, you know, once it roots, it roots. Right? I think we may have to split our group into two. Perhaps a couple of people go down to the district in which this poor goblin had met her fate, while the others maybe perhaps stay here and start to work on a way to slow the progression. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, uh, perhaps we could have a word with her. Maybe she could lead us in the right direction, and then... Together we could go investigate. I. She does not look too bad. It's only half moon. I don't think she's in dire straits yet. I not yet. I, I, there might be a chance of waking her. Can anyone grab her attention long enough to to talk to her? If I were to try and wake her with some snow. She looks over at Ziva for a moment and is like, "Well, she's already got the taste of your blood." Um. Yeah. I think I can do 
All right, so are you going back to the hospital? How much for the silver ladle? So you return to the hospital. By the time you get back, the room has been emptied and is being cleaned by orderlies. Sadly, the girl has passed in your absence. Ziva, you're up. Yeah, where's your morgue? Oh, it's, it's in the basement. Okay. And I'll head down there. All right, you head down to the, ba- the, the morgue and there's like, it's crowded. There's like a lot of ghosts moping around the halls. Right, and the thing is now, you can see them, they're there, you know they're there. The problem is, once they know you can see them, they don't leave you alone, and you're trying like crazy to not make eye contact. So what I need you to do is roll a deceit check. Oh god, it's like Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. Okay, I rolled a 16. Plus 2 for deception. So 18. Okay, um, you managed to make it down most of the way down the hall, and you talk to the orderly uh, at the desk. The orderly at the desk is sitting there looking at you with these big saucer eyes, and there's a big pot of black coffee sitting on a, a heating stone right next to the person, um, who is, of course, of human descent. Humans do everything around here. <laughs> yeah, so like, what's your mark? Hi, like, somebody just got brought down here and I need to see them. Um, no, they're probably in preparation if they just nobody's been down here all night. There was like a goblin. Not yet. Last body we got in we got three days ago. Oh my god. It was a goblin, but I mean like Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Can I see? Which one? We've got three or four of them over the last couple of weeks. I look back at everybody. That's kind of weird. Can I just see, like, the most recent one? Uh, are you a relation? I'm working. As you're a uh, half-elf, and uh, these are goblins. Yeah, I'm, like, working, and I point to my uh, funerary director's sort of symbols. Yeah, I just need to, like, see the most recent one. Uh, yes, right this way, please. I take it you're here on behalf of uh, their benefactor? Yeah. Okay, well, we can have them delivered to your parlor, absolutely, like, in the morning, if you'd like. Uh, so oh, uh, like, We are sorry for the inconvenience, and we hope that this hasn't uh, offended the funerists' guild. Oh, no, 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 it's totally fine. Don't worry about, all, like, all of that stuff. I just need to, like... It's about something else. It has nothing to do with this. Guy leads you in. He pulls open the drawer. There's another badly beaten goblin girl. Does she have the same tooth problem? No. No, she's just been beaten up. Um, However, the girl that you saw was dressed as a dockhand. This girl looks like she works on a corner. Huh. Okay. Um, What I know, is it it, it's it's kind of not cool to do magic, like, in general, in public, right? Well, I mean, unless you're licensed by the guild, but you're not. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of look at everybody, and I'm like, and I kind of look at the attendant guy, and I kind of 
make that you know gesturing like out the door like kind of i was wondering sir can i have a talk with you certainly i just need a minute to uh take care of something if my lunch isn't agreeing with me i'll get back to you in just a second if you don't mind and we'll do what ziva's doing until <laughs> nobody's looking all right everyone, uh, everyone who's kind of is everybody clearing out of the room or no no just just like i don't need everybody clear oh, i, I want right, them I around all right so the attendance the attendant steps outside arabet steps okay. outside to join and we'll do that next but um go on Ziva. what do you have in mind i would like to cast speak with dead all right the uh corpse's eyes crack open and one of them is so badly hemorrhaged it's purple right her other eye is the normal yellowish yellowish green of goblin kind and uh she says oh hi honey hi well aren't you pretty one oh thank you how can i help you well i'm just like trying to find out i want to like find out what happened to you do you remember what happened to you Oh, it was a bunch of halfling gentlemen came up. They, I thought they wanted to, you know, I thought they wanted to party, but uh, I wasn't expecting that. Basically, I honestly didn't feel anything past the second one in the back of the head. It was quick, it was quick. merciful. I didn't feel, I didn't feel most of it. Halflings. Three or four of them. You know, they're just the kind of regular fellas you'd find working the docks and the like. You know, the the that sort, the the drifter kind who, who come in and out on the caravans. They, they, you never pay them no never mind. I mean, they're poor, but normally they're not bad people. I'm, like, really sorry that you died this way. It's, like, horrible. It wasn't so bad, all things considered. A lot of bad, worse things happened to a goblin girl. I know. But... Is there anything you want me to tell anybody? Oh, sure, sure. I ain't got no people at all. Um, Thrasher was always kind to of me. If you send him a rose for me or something, I don't know. Uh, he always looked after me. He's a good man, that Thrasher. You guys can all hear this, by the way. It's like talking out loud. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you stay pretty, y'all. And then, like, just all the motivation, all the animation goes out of it we switch focus immediately to the other side of the door where this orderly's kind of standing there uh with a look in his eye like somebody who's about to get paid some money to do a favor for somebody go ahead so i uh, take out five silver and i hand it to him. and he lets it sit in his palm for a couple of seconds and waits for the rest of the money so you understand Another goblin girl comes down here. You come and tell me. Uh, okay, no problem. The customary the thrasher wants to know. Customary fee for that is a yellow one, though, boss. You gotta, you know, you gotta pay. There's the yellow one. Thank you. As a matter of fact, Magma sort of peers around and says, "You seem to be doing fairly well for yourself here." Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a good job. Nobody else wants to sit down here all day. And I'm assuming you want to stay in Thrasher's good graces, yeah? Of course. Why wouldn't I? I got no problem with Thrasher. I stay out of his business. I'm a straight fellow, you know. I got no problems here, you know. I uh, I deliver the messages I'm told to deliver. I, I keep in line, you know. 
Fantastic. She takes the gold back from him, hands it back to Arabet. Except you seem to be in misunderstanding here, miss. I'm, I'm a guildsman and uh, I charge a fee. So That's fantastic. You got your five silver. No, no. One he, goes on he's... either eye. Customary, so the customary fee is a gold, miss. I don't know where you're from, but you're clearly not part of the union, so take a step back. I don't deal with scabs. But you deal with the bat, right? You're not much better. Trasha lets you work as an independent because you don't really make much money. But I gotta. And indeed. I gotta. Here's my money for your family. Thank you. I can't believe you paid that man that bullshit and she walks. He just has a seat, puts his feet up with a big old satisfied grin, and takes another slug off that heavily fortified clava. Well, Magma's heading on down to the uh, the insurance docks. If anything, just to kind of, you know, lean against a wall with her hands folded across her chest and is just people watching. Okay. Well, as usual, the uh, normal smaller cargo ships come in like one or two tonners and uh you know they tend to be carrying things like spell phones and uh various gadgetry from the main island and uh occasionally premium produce from the sea garden touching on that for a bit the sea garden is exactly that it's a shallow sea that rests between all of the islands of the empire it's only about 150 feet deep at its deepest but that means that most of it gets a lot of sunlight. There are exquisite coral reefs that the water gene and uh, not a few wild sea elves have cultivated to produce the bulk of the empire's food, right? From fish to, to kelp to underwater vegetables to all this other sort of thing. What's not grown on the vast expanses of land comes from the sea. In fact, most of the Navy's rations do that. But uh, it's quite a wonder. Even sailing across it is just a beautiful sight to behold. And so it is that when you arrive, there is a fresh catch of shrimp, which is uh, the best part of which is going to the houses of nobles and uh, a small part of which is going to the, well, those people who can afford it but aren't nobles. So, I mean, the, the usual human laborers are doing the legitimate offloading and the goblin helpers are bumbling off with boxes. You know goblins, right? There's a stereotype. But as you watch, you see that the bumbling goblins actually know exactly what they're doing and uh, are doing a very good job of it. They're just keeping up appearances. And as per, there's the government customs tariff and insurance inspector who is having a smoke and talking to a local working girl. Goblins offload the ship, and then it sails away, and they wait for the next one to pull in. They've got about 20 minutes. You see the bunch of them sit down, start rolling smokes and lighten up, and so on and so forth. She is specifically looking to see if there are any halflings running around. Not on this dock, it doesn't seem. If you're looking for halflings, there's, like, I mean, scanning the crowd, you can give me an active perception roll. Sure, I'll do a perception roll. Who's there with you? I'm Anybody? there, but can I disappear into the crowd and just melt away? Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah, she is is very much not making any sort of attempt to hide herself. Right, so she's conspicuously watching. Well, sorry, she's conspicuous and watching. 
Very good. So Nari, you take off and uh, disappear into the into the throng. I'm gonna get a bowl of chowder and turn into a beggar with my chowder and disappear. All right. Yeah. So you walk over and grab a bowl of chowder from a local chowder stand, and then uh, anybody notice anybody who notices you, which admittedly is a vanishingly small number of people, because who's watching? As you cross the street, your posture changes and. You know, your gait changes, and then your face changes, and then, you know, there's a shiver in that clo- the clothes you were wearing, which looked fairly decent and well-made, are so shabby and well-worn, and like, they used to be nice once. As you sit down and cross your ankles to eat your lunch out of the bowl, the shine on your shoes when they cross just dulls, and you tuck them in under your knees, and eat the bowl through your terrible teeth with your... Shaggy beard and messy hair and bad skin. So I rolled an 18 for my perception. She's not being intrusive. She's not being, um, you know, she's not getting in the way of the gobos. Just, just like I said, people watching. And she's specifically looking to see if there's any halflings. Like I said, the halflings you notice come spilling out of a pub just up the street. Up like the, the hill winds up. Sorry, the street winds up a little rise in the in the terrain surrounding. So it's I mean it's mainly businesses, shops, and pubs and whatnot up on the high part. And all the keys come off down closer to the fjord. It's only a rise of about six feet, but it is noticeable. So you look up there, and on top of the hill, there's a pub called the Rusty Axe, and uh, the doors fly open and like. Two halflings come flying out, and then a third, and then a fourth, right? And they're like, well, fuck you, we don't want to drink here anyway, you fucking bastards. You. They're like swearing and spitting and throwing things. And, Can't even have a decent beer after work, this place. Bloody elitists. And uh, the rusty axe, for anybody who's lived in Bailey Mina and gets around the pubs, Arabeth and uh, Nari, um, well, the rusty axe is mainly an orc bar. Anyway, um, these th- these four halflings get thrown out on their asses and, you know, start, you know, who's got tobacco? And they pack up their pipes and sit down. They're all rowdy and drunk and lean up against the pier. And I mean, it's maybe 10 in the morning. Uh, you know, it's noon somewhere in the world, apparently. What's the time zone? But yeah, it's like maybe 10 in the morning, but they are good and drunk. So they sit down and split uh, the last bit of somebody's pouch of tobacco between them. And, uh, you know, you walk by this disreputable bum eating chowder as you go over to get a better look at them. Yeah, she'll, um, I mean, if if there's like street meat vendor or something like that, she'll, you know, purchase something and kind of hunker down, you know, to eat her meat on a stick while, you know, kind of trying to non-conspicuously like she doesn't want these halflings, obviously, like to be like, you know, it very be very obvious that she's watching them. But at the same time, she wants to kind of see if she can't get in, I guess, within, you know, listening distance or um, like, you know, even if 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 they as a group kind of up and and take off um, together, because that's pretty significant. If this is an orc bar and they're shit faced already and they're being tossed out of it that's like huh interesting right all right making a mental note you go over to the to the meat to the meat on a stick vendor and uh comes walking up and there's a big smile and he's like 
big toothy tusks and kind of that dark olive brown skin, you know, hair pulled back, uh, grease down. Um, the grill is going and there's like all these kebabs and it smells delicious. And he's like, oh, if my first customer of the day, uh, how can I, uh, can I interest you in a, in a skewer of uh, finest bailey meat of street meat? Oh, well, hello and good morning to you too, handsome. Yes, if you wouldn't mind, I think I've worked up a bit of an appetite. I think I will take two skewers if you don't mind. A lady of means who uh, who knows what she likes. Very good. That'll be uh, that'll be three gold, please. That's outrageous. That is highway robbery, sir. What uh, do I look like? To- I don't mean to offend you, madam, but uh, I mean the price of rat has gone up. They're harder to catch now. There ain't so many of them. I mean. You're kidding me. I thought there'd be a damn a dozen around here. She starts to kind of fish around for a coin. You would think so, but it's, you know, they, you just can't catch them. They, they seem to miss the traps and they're not, they're, you know, cats are getting skinny. It's, something's fixed the rat problem, I guess. But no, it's, it's harder and harder to catch them. Now we gotta, we gotta buy them, if you can believe it. Almost sounds like the fuckers are getting small as she hands over three gold. Um, after, of course, fishing around for. Okay, now you get two skewers, which means there's at least four good rats worth of meat on this, right? And you have some, and it it is really good. Like, I mean, it it kind of reminds you of the big fancy meals that you and Blaze used to get treated to back in the day, where it was like two squares of carrots and some sauce, and that was supposed to be the that was supposed to be the meal, you know. Meanwhile, you just fought in the arena all day and were looking for some supper, but no, you didn't get a goddamn bite to eat until you were, you know, eating something like this after hours in a pretty dress, drunk off your ass behind the Coliseum, you know? But you have a chew on it. It's it's good. It takes you back um, just for a minute. Um, but look, I mean, next thing you know, it's finished and done and good, expensive, but uh, whatever, worth the trip down memory lane. She kind of stands there for a minute with this kind of look on her face like, oh, well, wasn't that pleasant? She kind of looks over at the dude and, you know, is, uh, I mean, she's probably kind of gotten out of the middle of the road at the very least. Um, and says, uh, do you make these yourself, sir? Yeah, it's an old family recipe. No shit. Yeah, if my mom's son. not bad. I'm sorry? I said it's not bad. Well, Reminds thanks. me of... Uh, Reminds me of back in the day. Uh, you brought back more of memory than you did anything else today, aside from giving me sustenance. Let's face it, rat's not that... It's like eating rabbits. Sometimes you need to add it with other things. Uh, the secret is capital spice. It really makes it zing. Oh, that's what that bite was. And here I thought I was chewing on charcoal again. Mm, no, ma'am. It's, uh... It's, it, Thank you for your compliments. I mean, I work hard at this. I, uh, I mean, I could sell you chicken, a fish, or something like that. But people come to see me for my grilled rat, and I, you know, I like to stay loyal to my customers. You know, it's. It, I do it, appreciate it, that. It, it's a pride it, thing. You know what? I like you. I like you a lot. Well, that's kind of. You. I want you. I want you to do me a favor. As she pulls out another gold, and says. If you happen to find a really good nest of rats, you let me know. Well, sure. Uh, you 
can only find a good nest of rats, I'll cut the price in half right off the bat. And for you, you eat free. I like you too, lady. You seem nice. You're not like too many other people I've seen before. Why, if I can ask, are you orange? Because I'm a fire gin. Ah, okay. I thought that was just an all-over body tattoo, because otherwise you look pretty yummy to me. Oh, well, I mean, it is an all-over body tattoo, yes, but it, no, my heritage is indeed Firegen. Oh, well, that's uh, that's amazing. What did you say your name was? Uh, I didn't. My name uh, is Magma. Magma, like the, like the gladiator. <laughs> and once again, you can see the slight ripple of a flare. It's like, yeah. She's like Tony Hawk syndrome. Yeah. No, she's uh, she was the best. I heard she uh, I heard she got pregnant or something and retired. Oh, I wish I got pregnant, darling. No, that was very much not the case. Oh, come on, she lives in the capital. A big star like her, darling. Come on, I like you. Let's not let's not push this, lady. Enjoy your rat, grilled rat. I gotta go. Thank you. Oh, you're too you're too cute. <laughs> she kind of. <laughs> motions it for him to kind of move along and she says i'll be back tomorrow around this time so there you go and uh yeah so these these halflings are drinking and they, after a while you well mickey are we gonna get are we gonna do anything today or do you just want to go i think we should go this is not the right day for that hey what do you think ben oh i don't know we'll we'll find out you know and the, it turns out that the uh, the fourth one is not a halfling boy at all. Um, and she's kind of fallen asleep and peed herself. So they kick her, and when she wakes up, there's like a knife in either hand. She's like, don't fucking touch me! Like, Come on, Willa, we're going. And then they all get up and kind of stagger off, epically drunk, down the street. Now, these aren't the fat Tolkien halflings, by the way. These are the, the skinny, feral-looking ones. And they all look really mean, and they all look really hungry. Definitely barbarian. Well, these ones certainly appear to be. She looks around for a moment to see if anybody from her group has actually followed her. Um, mm. And if not, she'll well, kind of trail along behind them, kind of making it look like she's, you know, checking out goods and shit. I mean, Nari came here with you. He was here a minute ago. You can't see him anywhere. I'm sure he's fucked off somewhere. And she's like, oh, fuck a left me. He better be looking for a new house for me to live well, let's just say that his shoes cost more than everybody's rent. You know, like, put together. Yeah, fair enough. So he probably dashed while the dashing was good because uh, he was a little too well-dressed to be here. But anyway. Um, 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 I think Ziva would have felt very conspicuous uh, on the docks at this right, point. Right. Uh, I think she's going to... Um, I think she wants to stay where they are and like start doing some research. Okay. Um, the better place to do that would be at Calder's, I think. All right. Yeah. That's the story. That's where I thought they were. Right. So yeah, if you're going to split up and uh, send somebody who went to the docks, then I take it. Uh, Stitch was in on that. I thought I heard you. Wherever Arabet goes, Stitch is not far behind. Okay. Well, I was since, there. Since Arabet was there, and so was Nari. Um, Arabet? Uh, well, Arabet, if everybody's was... going to go to the docks, then I'll go well, with them. Well, no, Calder and, and Ziva can sit off. And it's, uh, okay. Like, I mean, if that's what you're doing, 
Actually, um, it's getting late, so if we want to wrap up soon, or, or if we don't, um, what's everybody thinking? Well, I'm trailing the, uh, the halfling. Right. If we want to wrap up soon, then we can run the uh, Ziva and Calder scene in office hours this week or next week or at some point between the next chart sure. while you guys come up with uh, all of the things you come up with for research and we'll stick with the people on the ground. Um, so you guys are finished for the evening and if you need to go, you can. You can, uh, you'll be able to hear this before the next game. And uh, if you want to stick around, you're more than welcome to, right? Like, don't feel like you need to go, but we're going to... I'm going to stick around for a little bit. All right. Well, you're welcome to, like I said. We're going to focus on the people on the docks, though. So Nari has uh, used his gift to become invisible in plain sight. You can see him. Just not sure if it's him or not. So somebody else's problem field, really. And... uh, so everybody else down there. So what has been described for Magma has been described for Magma. Arabet, you're up. What are your actions throughout the course of this? Well, uh, so I would have bled it into the dock Absolutely. pretty quickly. Yep. And uh, I, I would uh, be really, the Arabet's purpose right now is to keep everybody else safe on the dock. So he's probably watching what Magna's doing and noting that Magna is following these halflings and he's following Magna following the halflings. Okay, so with that, um, what's your passive perception, Arabit? 13. Okay, can you roll me a perception check, please? Versus Eric, I need you to roll me a deception check. Sorry, roll a what? Deception, please. Unless I'm blowing air out my ass, I think that's a skill. I got 22. All right. Good one. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this is why you got away with nobody noticing you. I was just going to say. I got a 20. You got a 20, natural or modified? Modified. Then you just miss him. There's something about the bomb that you walk past that reminds you of Nari, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Right? Just funny that you, you associate somebody so well-dressed with somebody so down in their luck, but there it is. Anyway, it's probably nothing. Um, you kind of step over him and throw a copper into his chowder as you go past. Um, and then trail along behind Magma. And uh, Nari, you pick up after that, dump the chowder. It was pretty good, but money is filthy, right? And we continue on down the street with uh, Stitch... Slinking along beside Arabet, well, descriptions, right? Absolutely. He's uh, <clears throat> stealthing along down the street, watching Arabet, watching Magma, watching halflings. He's very confused. All right. So these four walk through the streets as the sun climbs in, and they walk, uh, they walk past this down in its luck wharf and onto a market wharf where there's all kinds of produce. And uh, you see them walking along just helping themselves to apples and peaches and quinces. And every time somebody yells at them, they tell them to F off. And, you know, there's a couple of shoving matches here and there. But, uh, you know, nothing too outrageous because people don't seem to want to mess with them. They're just rowdy assholes, you know, walking along, taking 
whatever they want, and they are voraciously hungry by the look of them. Now, that's nothing new for halflings, but the things they eat, you know, like they'll have a bite off a peach here, then a quince there, and then, uh, like, you, you're sure you see one of them pick up a, a talisman and bite it like a cookie, you know, and then just crunch away on all the, uh, crunch away on all the wood bits and stuff like that. You're sure it was a, you're sure it was an amulet that he took a bite of, but he ate the thing like a cookie, right? In fact, as you walk by, yeah, that tray has cookie-looking jewelry made of wood. Very strange. What the hell? Yeah, very strange indeed. And the strangest part is they kind of wander out to the end of a, like this old disused wharf that's collapsing in on itself. Like one of the pilings has rotted through, so the whole thing is kind of dipping on the far left-hand corner. Nobody's bothered to reconstruct it. Nobody's bothered to look at it after it at all. It's mossy. It's leaning. You couldn't tie a friggin' dinghy to this. And, uh, like, they walk out right to that, to where it meet, just to where it meets a retaining wall at the base of a street 30 feet above. And, uh, you know, they're, like, arm in arm, and, you know, the girl's like, don't touch me. And, uh, you know, they all walk out to the end of the pier and just jump off the side, kind of like that scene from The Lost Boys with the train trestle. What the ever-loving hell? Yeah, Magma will probably stop at that point and make sure that the rest of her party is is within close proximity so that we can kind of convene in terms of, uh, yeah, we've all seen some shit. Okay. Maggie, over here. She kind of shuffles on over to, uh, to Stitch and says, did you see half a dozen of the things that they would do? I'm amazed that they can swim let alone breathe with the amount of alcohol that they have in their systems. They should be. Darling, they got kicked out of an orc bar. An orc bar? Good Do you know what they drink there? It's like the same thing they put in those air things. Oh, oh nothing so fine as aviation fuel in the rusty axe, my friends. What's it? What? Pity. Pity. Yeah. Oh, you're right next to me. Yeah, she's so fucking creepy. Uh, did you see that? They tried eating an... An amulet. Or it might have been a cookie. I'm not sure. Hey, Nari, what's your insight? Plus four. Okay. Um, Can you roll that for me, please? Uh, 20, but not a natural one. Oh, no, 20's all right. Um, so four halflings jumped off the side of the pier. There were no splashes. They're not in the water. They're underneath it. I'm going to make uh, make it like I'm uh, go to the edge of the pier, sort of like I'm going to go and toss the, uh, the now sort of like contaminated um, chowder overboard and take a closer look over Okay, you go to you look go to make like you're dumping your chowder. You look over, and there is uh, like at the foot of any harbor wall or anything like that. There is that sloped walk to, like you can walk along it, right? It's the thicker part, um, the access ledge just below the water surface. But still, you'd expect a splash from that, wouldn't you? So, I mean, looking down further, you can see that there are uh, like all kinds of like the, the the big eye beams um that are, that constitute the structure and the skeleton of this bridge um 
sorry, of the pier that you're on, um, stick about four feet out of the water above that and uh, don't really seem to provide a lot of footing for these things. Uh, but it's only about six feet to the water. So, I mean, you would have heard them splash down. You would have heard them walking through the water. So where the hell did they go? Well, I don't think they've suddenly developed wings and have learned to fly. You know, um, physiologically, halflings are very small. They don't swim very well. They dog paddle like madmen, but they don't swim very well at all. We'd be hearing them splashing around right about me. At this point, I'm, I'm just going to uh, lean a little bit forward and just take a big whiff of the area and see if anything smells very much like the, the hospital environment when we were with that, that last goblin. This is full of smells. There's cooking food and rotting garbage and the fresh yet rotting smell of the river. Um, full of pollution and rotting wood and, you know, slimy stones and moving fish with their unclinking armored scales. You can just see them. They're fucking distracting. But, you you know, you, you focus on the smell and, you know, yeah, there it is. There's that undercurrent of rat. Fresh, recent rat footprint. There they are. Which way do they go? I'll need you to roll me a perception check. Sure, I'm actually on roll 20 so I can do it this time. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't supposed to happen like that. Hold on one second. 16. Yeah, down there. It's it's it, a lot back towards the harbor wall. Back toward, yeah, the pier wall. Where the pier meets the wall. It's They ran towards the street. The street is, that's weird. So anyway, yeah, they obviously, they jump. It smells like some rats ran, probably rat holes within the, within the, Bricks that happens, right? Rats live in the walls everywhere, so it's where they're hiding. That guy, that guy wasn't able to find any rats. Like he said, find a big nest of rats. There you go. They're all in the chinks and all this and that. All the rats around here. But that still doesn't explain where the halflings have gone. Hmm. Unless, I gotta look around and look down, look over a bagman and Arabit, who are the ones that I can see. It's like, are there sewers here? Like storm drains? I don't know. Smell rat. Thick. Heavy. Stinky. You could stick your head underneath and have a, like, you could actually get down underneath the bridge. Yeah, sure, why not? He's stupid enough to do that. You'll kind of lean around, find a crevice where you might be able to stick his head underneath and see if there's a storm drain or a sewer grate of some sort. Well, you kind of just grab the pier with your back toenails. And, uh... With, like, an underhanded grab, like you're going to do a curl, you lower your upper body, your long, slinky upper body, over the side of the pier, and uh, just, you know, angle your tail at the right, just the right degree, and you're pretty well balanced to snake your long, fa your, your long body down there and have a look. And indeed, there are several storm drains here. They're not big, they're not big, they're not big enough for you, but, I mean, the skinny halfling crawling on their belly... Sure, maybe. Are the grates large enough, like, uh, for halfling the great? No grates? No grates. Not much of a drain if there's no grates. Oh, there's just freaking tunnels underneath. Like, I mean, there must have been grates on them once. You can kind of see little rusty nubs below the water's 
the, the water's limit, right? Like below the water level. But no, there's there, there's a steady stream of whatever shit flows out through the storm sewers of Bailey Mina coming out. Um, yeah, so this is where you lose them. I twitch a little bit. My whiskers kind of like... <clears throat> as I pull myself back up and away from all the water and the smells, and I just kind of lick my one paw a little bit, and, you know, push down some of the hair around my face and go... All right, so um, I think it's up to the rest of you now. Uh, we lost some <laughs> great, probably sewer storm drains that runs along the underside of this this pier and probably into the city. Don't know how far it goes. Do we happen to know anybody who could um, get some architectural sort of uh, um, yeah, plans, maybe? I can uh, just emerge uh, from somewhere randomly, either as Jobsworth or Nari. I think Jobsworth would probably be more. Yeah, Jobsworth shows up uh, from thirty uh, from, from, from from the street thirty feet above you. Jobsworth shouts down. Oh, you, you, I think I know a few uh, people working uh, within the city and the libraries and the archives that could probably help us out there. He says as he crawl, as he climbs down a maintenance ladder, which is set into the harbor wall. Amazing. Seriously, Amazing. what the hell? Where have you been? I've been looking for you for ages. I I needed tea earlier, and I didn't know where you. I'm sorry. I have so many duties uh, with the courts and with my uh, my master and the uh, various household duties during the this major transitional period. Well, you you should be sorry. Anyways. Uh, you were saying? I'm sure that we can find any number of people working for the city that can supply us with the plans and details of uh, the underground workings of the city. The uh, Stitch looks over at his two other companions going, I think more than anything, we would uh, need to know about any new developments that may have happened underneath. Magma sort of nods and says, I think a little bit more planning and forethought on our on our part may be a good idea, especially if if you've taken a look at how people react to a great deal of these to these halflings. They are not just normal they're there's something more about them and I'd rather be more prepared. Are you thinking that these halflings may be infected with the lycanthropy? I do believe that yes, they may be they're either carriers themselves yeah, or they are working specifically for the uh, the rats. Well, let's think of it this sort. So we have a goblin that has gone down, a dock worker, so to speak, that worked for Thrasher. She's been taken to an upscaled more hospital rather than into my own personal care. Thrasher and I have worked in the past. She has then gone completely missing from here. She's not made it to the morgue. I don't think we've even spoken to her. And now we have halflings, one of which showed up and put a silver cord around her neck, enough to soothe her, and then she went missing, which usually tells me that she's now been taken somewhere or gone off to somewhere, and there's a cover-up starting to happen. And if Thrasher is now... Concerned with this, 
that means whatever's going on might be bigger than him. And that, my friends, should worry you. So, what do you need me to do? Well, there are a number of steps that we must take to be properly prepared to <clears throat> yeah. rid ourselves of this rat problem. Like what? Have you not dealt with Lankanthropes before? Not specifically, no. So, for the next little while, Calder goes around his shop, pulling out books and pamphlets of varying descriptions and seeming veracities, and lays them out on his, on his curiosities table downstairs. By the time he has everything assembled, there is a fairly comprehensive, uh, although not complete, guide to lycanthropy and the various breeds thereof. Like I said, nothing's particularly complete, but... Uh, one thing that you notice as you're paging through all of these various pamphlets and tomes and leaflets and, you know, posters and whatnot like that is uh, that silver seems to be the thing. Hmm. Silver, huh? Yes. It, luckily, we are dealing with a relatively small form of uh, were creatures. This gives us a number of advantages. Uh, primarily, the chance of us being killed is considerably smaller. Right. So, you know what else helps not us not getting killed? Is being honest. So, like, you knew what I can do, right? Uh, are you referring to the fact that you are familiar with the dead? Yeah. Well, just look at you, my dear. Right. It's practically emanating off of you. But, you know, there's, like, more to it than just a look. You know that I'm super fucking smart, and I've studied my ass off for probably maybe more years than you've been alive. And I know you are not. A wizard. Fortunately, I've never claimed to be a wizard. And of course, the only way to achieve the status that you have is through hard work and diligent study. Not to mention a rather lengthy apprenticeship. But you're like a sorcerer. I am a purveyor of fine curiosities and small wonders. Yeah. See, I'm really good at that. I don't know why. I've just got, like, a real eye for that kind of thing. Speaking of which, thumbs, Ziva, yeah. I will need you mm -hmm. to roll a perception check. I will. And you can use your formidable intelligence on this one. <laughs> uh, okay. So, that would be... Alrighty. So, oh dear. That is a total of ten. <laughs> We're not going to use that dice again, thank uh, you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that dice is going in jail. Yes, that's a total of 10. A total of 10. Well, not a particularly good check, but um, considering, check your DMs. And uh, right. still enough to get something anyway. Something's not particularly mm -hmm. kosher here. Um, Upon scrutiny, there's a small dissonance 
in his stomach field, right around his waist. Mm-hmm. Other than She'll... that, it could be like a magic belt buckle, maybe like some of the potions mm-hmm. and charms. Like, to be fair, like you've seen at least three magical trinkets that are actually magic pinned to his oh, coat yeah. or, or like, you know, just him, you know, sweeping things off a shelf and putting them in his in his pockets and stuff like that. But um, yeah, they're just, uh, there's a, a little stomach dissonance from around his waist, but that's all. She's going to kind of. Seems a little bigger than the than all the than all the trinkets and potions and shit that he's got stashed around his person. Um, <clears throat> she'll just kind of eye it a little bit and uh, and say, uh, you know, I know you have like powerful items, and that's oh awesome. no 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 small wonders. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, when you're super smart and you just use everyday items in super smart ways but yeah i just wanted you to know that i know and we both know and it's like whatever i don't care like you knew my life i am like in no position to judge people so there's also like a, a pamphlet an old an old poster an old bill Plastered to the wall behind the door that says, uh, Calder's Amazing Wonders of Small Wizardry. Which is, you know, where you drew the whole, oh, he's a wizard, is he, thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Uh, but she does, she does read uh, the pamphlets. Uh, she, well, she sort of uh, does like a speed read. Well, yeah, uh, and so she, she just has a look at them, memorizes them, meh. and we'll read them later. You know? Yeah. As she gets to it, that's yeah. how, I think that's how smart Ziva is. Let's have a look. Uh, Ziva has a twenty intelligence. Yes, so Ziva can yeah. can easily memorize this stuff with a look. She's uh, <laughs> way smarter than all of us. So <laughs> go to Stitch, if you'd like to have accompanied him, you can be there as well. Mister Stitch. Yes, Betty. What do you know about those rats? Well, does anyone really know about rats there, Betty? Uh, um, I understand that they, they probably are living in the probably worst conditions that the city has to offer. Uh, they, um, they are considered... Uh, excuse me if the term seems a little hard for your, your palate to say, but lacanthrip, uh, which means they are a type of fire creature. Okay. Will fire burn them? I, I'm sorry. Did did you need more? I, they they're were creatures, like like werewolves and other were things. They, it's not to say that they don't wear clothing. Like this is, a, I, I'll try to dumb it down for you. It is this is a different type of spelling of wear. <laughs> I love it. Excellent. So I think we need some fire. Some fire power, so to speak. Um, well, I mean it's. It's been a while since I've dealt with such things. It's not like I go about every single day dealing with weather creatures in the wild. However, I am told that silver is probably the best one. Yeah, I don't really have a whole bunch of silver stickers around. But on the other hand, I do have some alchemist fire. Uh, some what, uh, Betty? Some fire you're going to throw? When did you become? You know, a flask. You throw it, it catches on fire in the air. You mean oil? Yeah, that stuff. So you're going to throw 
oil, Betty. Flaming oil? Yep. Far be it for me to to talk about subtlety, Um, but flaming oil tends to catch on fire, and it tends to spread very quickly. Now, I've traveled around a lot, as you know, and it's not like I've ever sieged a castle, but I can imagine flaming oil can be deadly to everybody involved, including the person wanting to throw it. I... I trust you, Betty. I know you're a fast man. I know you're uh, quick on your feet. I'm, I've seen you throw darts and daggers and all sorts of things. But flaming oil is a, is a little... Mm, Betty, I wear... I have fur. I just... Mm. But Stitch, I was thinking, you know, their nest, we're going to be underground. Isn't that all stoned down? I don't go into sewers. I'm not sure what we would be doing. Um, is there anybody... Well, you know... The city's built upon a city, is built upon a city, is built upon a city. So down there, there's going to be the leftovers of, you know, a thousand years. So who knows what we're going to find? Well, hold on a second now. Now, add a bit. Um, this city is fairly ancient, and it's just as it is built upon a city, built upon a city, built upon a city. We just need to find someone who has enough information, some record keeping. And it's just so happens that while we're down there, maybe if we were to come across something that is a little more lucrative than, say, rats, we could uh, maybe sidetrack into it a little bit. I like your thinking, Mr. Stitch. Well, I like my thinking too, Betty. So it's agreed then. If we find something uh, worth uh, taking, we'll take it. Well, finders, keepers, uh, uh, laws, something, something, tenth of whatever. I don't know. you. Yeah, laws of possession. Laws of possession. That's it, possession. So if we possess it or get possessed by it, then it's obviously ours. Yeah, definitely. So I think that uh, my usual burglar glare, what do you think? Uh, we probably will end up going spelunking a little bit. Uh, I mean, these, these weather creatures, they have claws. And I'm more an adept to climbing, but uh, your little hands are... That's true. I got some stuff for that, though. So pack up some burglar gear like you normally do and carry on your purse. Uh, maybe some platoons. What are those things? Uh, grappling hooks or uh, some sort of rope. And uh, we should be good to go. I'll go and see if I can't find anything that's sharp and coated with the, the silver glaze. And, and it'll go from there. It's somebody get a hold of Mr. Jobworthy. He seems like the sort of type who shoves his nose so deep into documents he can have some. All right, let's do that. So, so two things. The first is that uh, the material that we reviewed definitely indicates that uh, where creatures are immune to slashing damage unless they're magical or silvered. Yes. Uh, and we made a silvering stone, oh, um, right. okay. which will allow us to hone an edge. It'll be a lovely uh, shower of silver sparks. And for an hour, it'll act as if it is silvered. Oh, that's perfect. So it's a little thing we can bring... Uh, we think it'll probably work for everyone or six or six to ten times. It kind of depends okay. on a lot of things. But uh, so we did that and we put together some Moon's Bane potions, which will help. Uh, it's uh, oh, based based on the Wolf's Bane potion, which uh, stops a transformation uh, and yeah. or does uh, some psychic damage. Oh, sweet. Okay. Well, Ziva is definitely impressed by this. Uh Sorry. He is... Um, can he... We had a bit of an issue there. Can everybody hear us? Oh, yeah. Hello? Oh, yes. 
Yes. Hello. Uh oh. I can Hello. hear Ziva. Oh. I can't hear anybody. I can't. Magnus talking. Okay, be right back, friends. So anyway, sorry. Uh, so uh, I sorry. I had a little side chat with Adam. Uh, double check for the workshop. And those were potions. We have. We have the silvering stone, and I grabbed a bunch of good luck charms, which apparently I have barrels of. Okay. And now a dungeon master's interlude. A good luck charm is a common thing found in the Runelands. They're manufactured by mage rites, who are both legit and uh, as shady as you like, and most of the good quality ones will actually work. Having a good luck charm basically is a one-shot bit of, you know, extra mustard for your skill check or attack roll or saving throw, whatever. If you have a good luck charm, you can burn it to gain advantage on any roll you need to. Back to the action. Uh, so since I don't need that, um, what I would like to do uh, is summon a familiar. And what kind of familiar would you like to summon, Ziva? We are going, I know that we are going in. I, oh, would it be a good idea to summon a bat or a rat? The flying is pretty handy, but the rat would fit in. Are, are we discussing this, or have you already left? And now you're. No, I'm, I can discuss this with you. Oh, uh, I, I think perhaps a, a rat would be particularly helpful. Um, I could think of two things. Uh, one, um, you could perhaps uh, understand or communicate for us, but more importantly, you could provide some um, surveillance or a reconnoiter uh, mm -hmm. and uh, be observed as a rat, which I think would be quite advantageous. <laughs> All right, so I will summon a little rat guy friend. Okay, so the uh, <clears throat> sorceress pair goes strolling back to Ms. Ziva's mortuary, which has been under construction long these past few weeks. And, um, I mean, things are coming along nicely. The ritual room isn't complete, but it is thomically correct. So, I mean... You probably won't get really brilliant results from casting in here, but it's one of those things that you have to break in over time, right? Like, I mean, yeah. it's going to be a century before it's any good at all anyway, right? But, I mean, it's, it's that sort of long-term investment that you really need to make to make a sanctum your own. So, <laughs> while you're doing this, uh, you, you know, you're in there and, like, you know, picking little bits of dust out of corners and making sure everything's good and and tuneful right but it's like breaking in a new guitar you know you, yeah. you get in there and it's it doesn't feel quite right um so you know you rip off a couple of small cantrips just to just to loosen up your fingers now Haldur, as you're standing there watching her do this it, it's it's artful and scientific um like she's when you step into the room, you've never felt anything so thomically ordered, you know, like in uh, like even though in, you know where everything is in your horde, um, sorry, your shop, um, you, you, you know, like everything is ordered, everything has its own place. But there's still like a, a tumble in the energy because some things don't want to be together. Everything in here is absolutely correct. It is surgical. It is precise, but uh, laid out in such a way as to have the effect of a thomic poem, right? And these particular cantrips that she just snaps off. Uh, what, do you, what have you got, Ziva, for cantrips? 
well, I have Chill Touch, Firebolt, Minor Illusion, Toll the Dead. Okay, um, which ones would you like to cast? I would say perhaps Minor Illusion. Minor, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Minor Illusion is, is probably the easiest. And, uh, and likely Mage probably... Hand, right? Lay the circle out yeah. on the floor or something with the, with the Minor Illusion? Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. That's actually really cool. So she can use the Mage Hand to, like, you know, maybe plant some herbs around the room, right. salt, that sort of thing. Like uh, light a candle with other candles, or light other candles yeah. with, with a with a central candle and whatnot, yeah. So, yeah, yeah as... And the uh, would just be to sort of uh, just practice, mostly just sort of enhancing things. Um, there's sort of creepy cute stuff, so she'll make like a... A little skeleton, like a little kitty skeleton, uh, that runs around the circle. And yeah, it kind of trips and it kind of trips and lands and rolls and lands on its face. And when it picks its face up, it coughs out a rat skeleton, which, you know, <laughs> is an actual rat skeleton, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, as the rat skeleton kind of skitters over into the center of all these converging circles and glyphs. Uh, with, they they kind of click into focus and become through this minor illusion um, the summoning circle you need to begin casting your fine familiar spell. And I mean, like it, it's good and warmed in here now. I mean, you can loosen up a bit. It's okay. So you throw you you know maybe throw your hip into this one a little more. And uh, as you're casting, well, do you want to describe it or would you like me to? I think she's. Um... She kind of, after a little while, she starts to get into it, and she's standing, and she starts to sort of sway back and forth, and her arms are moving. It's almost like a like a dance, but at the same time, it's almost like she's uh, holding a pen in each hand, and she's writing right on. in the air. Nice. Uh, a wand in one of her hands, which has like a sort of glowing purple gem at the end and yeah so she sort of quietly gets into it and she's kind of swaying and dancing and writing in the air uh until it until it sort of swirls finally after quite a while it's quite a long ritual uh and i'm sure people have time to be wandering around doing other things while i'm very good so while that so while we're showing so while we fade on that as Eva starts using her wands to knit herself a rat out of thalmic resonances, and Calder and Calder stands there quite bewitched by the display of thalmic expertise. We are going to get to Ms. Magma. Um, at this point in time, Magma is probably sitting. I wouldn't say right at the edge of the dock because that would be silly, but she's. I mean, once everybody else had had kind of moseyed on off to go and get you know, whatever information they needed to get to. Um, she, of course, kind of watched the the dock where where they had all jumped off for a little bit just to kind of see if there's anybody else that comes and goes. Um, and then after that, she'll be like, you know, sort of thinking to herself, you know, I find it rather peculiar that such creatures would be here and why the hobgoblin would take such an issue with them. Hmm. Although I think I do want to go into that orc bar and go and discuss things with them. So she'll fuck off to the, the, the orc bar. 
where those halflings were kicked out of. Good thinking. Um, just to kind of poke her nose around and ask a couple of questions. Because, yeah, like three, four halflings who were fairly drunk getting tossed out of an orc bar? Yeah, that seems kind of question marky to me. It is a little, uh, it should raise a flag. So, uh, yeah, you get there in the place. It's a standard sort of orc joint, you know, and it's like not to be stereotypical, but it's got like orcish style art on the walls and an orcish menu, right? Like the things they, the tribal dishes traditional to their homelands far in the north, right? These are city orcs, um, you know, tribes folk who've come all the way down here to make a living, you know, um, and so, like, this is their customary sort of barn. Like, you know, the, the, the orcs are, they get a bad rep, you know? Like, they've, they've got the stereotype of being stupid, but they're not. They're passionate people, and that's the problem, right? They have real problems with emotional control because it just overwhelms them, right? And uh, that's where all the violence and temper and shit comes from. If you bother to look any deeper than the fact that they're big gray-green dummies, you know? Not many people do, but you walk in and there's the, uh, there's a, an orcish lady. She's maybe 25 standing there behind, uh, like a hostess's pulpit. Right. And, uh, when you walk in, she greets you in, uh, you know, Loktarogar, although that's probably, uh, copyrighted all the same. Um, you know, she greets you in orcish and then in common, she says, welcome to bronze tusks, finest orc cuisine. This side of Belimina. Uh, Magma goes, oh, well, how do you do, madam? Uh, my name is uh, Magma. I'm uh, kind of on the trail of a couple of troublemakers that had visited your fine establishment not that long ago. Oh, troublemakers. You mean the halflings? Of course, yes. Come in here, start fights. Bad idea. Also, they have done so more than... On more than one occasion. Every time they come in here trying to pick fights, people just come here for supper, you know? To remember taste of old country. Hey, do you like borscht? At this point, madam, I shall eat anything that you put in front of me. Please come in. Try some borscht. And, uh, yeah, the orc is, uh... You you go and you sit down at this uh, orc-sized table... So it's about four inches taller than everything in a human-sized restaurant. and uh, Oh, fantastic. You know. It's like she's a child sitting in a booster seat. But she, like, just barely skimming above the table. She looks horribly amused with this and is like, oh, this is just fantastic. I do enjoy this. And, and they give you a big orc-sized bowl of salad, which is, uh, you know vegetarian for orcs it only contains fish and then there's the uh the, the main course which is which is a giant bowl of uh baba's borscht you know and there you go it's uh it's largely big enough to bathe the six month old in and, oh my uh, God. <laughs> and, and it comes with a, with a large spoon and uh a, you know a heaping dollop of sour cream on the side she uh she looks at the the orc woman and sort of you know like pats the 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 chair like the table sort of next to her and says if you have a moment darling please do sit down i would like to perhaps discuss 
some of the the happenings and going on with these these halflings. They're quite quite a great deal of troublemakers. I'm not entirely one hundred percent happy with some of the stories I've been hearing. Yes, uh, well, it's it's slow. Of course, I can help. What do you want to know? First of all, how frequently are they coming in? Is this like a daily occurrence that they're coming here? Or is this um, a sort of, they come in once in a while? Every month or so. Yes, every month or so. They, there are four of them. Uh, three men and a woman, as far as I can tell? Yes, the, uh, the woman. She is the worst, Willa. Does she happen to look like she might be basically, oh, I don't know, smacking the other three down? Well, she certainly seems to get what she wants, but the real muscle is Ben. I take it he is the brawn of the group? Well, he is, the, he is their nominal leader. He is the strongest, of course. But uh, I don't think he does much without asking Willa. The other two are Mickey and Despero, and they're not... Uh, they're nothing, really. They're just goons, but it's uh, Willa and Ben you should worry about. Now, have you happened to notice any sort of sneaky or underhanded tactics that perhaps Willa and Ben may use? I did notice that they were tossed from your fine establishment not that long ago. Yes, yes, yes. After Jehedis beat them off the walls and ceiling for about uh, 15 minutes. And, it, you know, he stomped on them well and good and then threw them out in the street. They waited 10 minutes and then, you know, they went away fine as you like. Tough little bastards. Jehiris used to fight in the arena, you know. She kind of looks around for this person that she's speaking about, because if they, sp if he fought in the arena, she's wondering maybe if she may have encountered this person. You, uh, why, why do you ask? You, you surely, you must have heard of Jarius uh, Bloodtooth. Have I heard of Jarius Bloodtooth? It sounds familiar. Jahiris Bloodtooth was, um, like... CWC Wrestling's big name, whereas you used to be in the WWE. He was the top of the Goon Leagues kind of stuff, right? Um, but also, there's a lot more death in the arena at that level, right? So to have a career and retire down that, you know, you're a tough mofo. There's no question of it, you know? She doesn't look like she flinches. Um, but there certainly seems to be sort of like this, like her posture goes from this sort of curled amusement as she kind of looks around to this, no, this person is an actual warrior who could more than likely hand me my ass and I should behave in a respectful manner, not like I wasn't going to in the first place. And she says, oh, I, 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 I am getting perhaps a touch off track here, but he doesn't happen to be working right at this exact moment, is he? Of course, he's a makey borscht for you. Would you do me the kindest of gestures? I take it you want to meet the famous gladiator? Of course, everyone does. I'll go get him. Just you wait she, here. Eat, she does eat, this all, oh, eat, I bet. Eat, eat, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't eat, you insult. You don't As eat, she literally starts to shovel both you, of the salad you, and the borscht in her you mouth. Know, you know, eat, Jairis, be very insult. I will be back. And she goes bustling off, right? Now, the orc who comes out of the kitchen is, uh, like, six foot nine. Probably a lean 380. 
and uh, just like hams for forearms and calves and proportionately bigger everywhere else with like a 42 inch waist that on him looks like he's going to snap in half. Um, he's wearing a shirt, of course, because it's he works in a kitchen, but his sleeves are rolled up. And as he as he walks, you can see like as his arms swing, the muscles move like greased frogs under a sheet of plastic beneath his, you know, thick gray green skin. Uh, he's just covered in scars and he looks like a tough mofo. However, his head is completely clean and both of his tusks have been capped with bronze. As she goes, oh, I do understand now where the nomenclature for the establishment comes from. Megma, I see you found my restaurant. How do you like your borscht? Uh, it is lovely. I do have to say it has a, a slight a slight tinge of flavor to it that I can't quite place, and it's it's very lovely. I, I, I do have to It's uh, probably the hemlock. Don't worry. His antidote in there too. You won't uh, you won't even get the shits. Um, what brings you to my establishment? Oh, I heard you got into a fight with a couple of halflings not that long ago, and I came to inquire. I'll tell you, I've killed fifty halflings in my day. Fifty, if I've even killed one. Those four, I, I could not kill. You boil them, you stab them, you step on them, you step, you step on head. You step on neck, you step on chest. It does not matter where step. Does not matter where stab. Does not matter how hard you bash. I come back. Maybe next time I twist off heads. But you know, this is really bad for customer business at dinner hour. I tell you what, I'm gonna do you a favor, Jahiro, just because you are somebody that I was watching at one point in time. These troublemakers, I'm looking at dealing with them. If I can deal with them, at the very least, can I get a meal every now and again, sort of pro bono? I have some better offer for you. You see, I hope you find that you find my place. I hope you come and eat my borscht. I hope you hear Jaharis is here. Because I want to meet you. I want to meet you because I know who you were. I see your hollows. When you and Blaze were great, I see how he betray you and walk away when crowd turns their back instead of stand by and look after you. You were his partner, yes? There's this sort of moment that she's standing there and, and she's almost uh, like stock still, right? From from the monk, like from the from the training. Um sort of that trying not to betray any sort of emotion. So her facial features are very neutral. Um, the tattoos, however, tell a completely different story. And then at the mention of Blaze, they they flare almost very, very angrily. And there's almost like a whipping that her hair starts to do before it starts to settle. And especially when he talks about, about the betrayal, um, they don't look as angry. Uh, they almost look sad in 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 their sort of the way they move yes you see he hurt you the fire inside you the fire burns you then it burns you up still when will you see you are not you you are not the fire the fire is not you you are mistress of the fire you could be so great but you let this beat you you work in mines and now you're fighting granics 
Granite knows. He knows talent. He's going to put you in the ring with Carlson. And Carlson is going to twist your pretty head off. And because you are famous, Granite will make big money. And oh no, poor Magma. What a bad ending. But what if I tell you we don't fight Carlson? What if I tell you you fight with me? I show you we fight Blaze for Emperor this summer, next summer. She, um, again, trying to look very neutral, trying to sort of contain a lot of her emotion, but at the mention of basically of partnering with him, um, she's taken aback, not negatively, but uh, out of surprise, like a great deal of surprise. And she looks at him and says, I, uh, I, truly do not know what I have done to earn such an honor, sir. I, I really do not. But I will not tell you no. The world was kind to me, Jihiris. I, I fight 20 years in the ring. As slave they bring me from Hoydenheim. Slave they bring me. You see, I still have scars on my ankle, but I fight 20 years. And none may beat me. And then I hear with everything that I have. And rats... There are rats in my kitchen. There are rats in the sewers. There are rats in the city. And now comes a flame from the, below the earth to burn them out. What can I do but see the omen? Ah, uh, magma is always something that perhaps moves slow at first. But it is incredibly destructive and it does leave a swath of barrenness in its path. Surrounded by water, it becomes new land. And eventually, things rise, things fall, but there is always fire inside, you see. You don't let burn, uh, you let push. I show. Eat your borscht. See you tomorrow at 6. Uh, a.m. or p.m.? Well, depends on when, you, when you're a bad man, let you go. And she, she nods, and like on the first time, there's a genuine smile on her lips since leaving since leaving the mines there is a, a like a genuine like yes as she sort of nods very politely to him and then settles once again to start eating her salad and borscht and as the camera pulls out from magma digging into her supper of champions it seems to all of us who see her from without that she's glowing just a little more brightly and those auburn locks seem to smolder like the coals of a campfire. And that, my friends, was episode three of our little tale. Come back next week for episode four, when the Rapscallions delve further into Bailey Meany below and learn more about the sinister were-rats that are infesting those tunnels. Next week, at runewise.games, or wherever you found this podcast in the first place. Thanks for listening. I'm DM Runewise. Take care.